What is up, guys? It is Stu, and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. This is a video podcast coming to you from my studio. I, I am going to be, uh, we're going to read an article together today. There was an article from the Morning Chalk Up that caught my eye, and it is titled The Dying Stigma Around CrossFit and the Democratization of Functional Fitness. Well, I got real excited about this because a lot of you guys know my stance. I believe CrossFit has a bipolar brand. I think one of the biggest detriments to the brand was not separating the methodology, the fitness methodology, or what I refer to as a UBF, a unique belief in fitness, from the sport, right? We have MMA in the UFC, we have football in the NFL, but then we have CrossFit and the CrossFit Games, and, and this is the confusion, right? This is the problem that I think the Morning Chalk Up was initially wanting to discuss here. But I, uh, I started reading the article, and I was like, oh, man, I like all these thoughts and shit started coming to my head. I was like, fuck it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit record, and we're going to jam about it. So this article kind of starts off um, of them talking about the CrossFit Games. The first opening sentence is, the 2022 No Bull CrossFit Games are in the rearview mirror, and it's time for us to take stock of the sport, the season, and where we go from here. So the headline got me excited that maybe the morning chalk up also recognizes this bipolar brand issue. And then the goddamn first sentence out the line is talking about the CrossFit games. And I'm like, God, Jesus, maybe they don't get it either. Maybe they're not seeing what I'm seeing. And maybe I'm alone in this. I doubt it. But uh, in fact, I know I'm not alone in this. But uh, I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm going to read it on. I'm going to keep reading. And, you know, they, they bring up some things that still, you know, to the morning chalk up, give them concern that the stigma of CrossFit, this negative stigma that has existed for years, is still alive and well. And real quick, the stigma of CrossFit, in my opinion, exists for two reasons. Number one, when it was new on the scene, anything new is scary. Anything is scary, and you know, people who were doing cardio or you know doing resistance training, and then their cardio, and it was separated. And then Glassman kind of brought those two worlds together. That scared people, you know, health clubs kicking CrossFitters out back in 2001 and, and things like that. And then people not understanding it. So I, I see where in the beginning CrossFit had a stigma. Where that stigma went to is when you kind of let the inmates run the asylum in a license model and people essentially pay for the name. That's all they're doing is renting the name and you know, doing whatever they want with it. Now that name, that brand name, is subject to the experience and the delivery of the licensee. So now the global brand of CrossFit, the parent company, is no longer in charge of what local um, reputations are being created on it, and on a state, city level, country level, whatever it may be, because it's ultimately up to the licensees, the inmates, or running the asylum, if that analogy works for you. But um, they may... Brought up in this second paragraph here, two things come to mind in reference to is to, you know, the stigma of CrossFit still being somewhat in existence. The most notable thing is the fact that we here at the Morning Chalk Up have difficulty getting celebrities to talk to us about doing CrossFit, even though many of them are doing it. Megastar Chris Pratt talked about doing Murph over and over and over again to prepare for a role. So here's the thing. Murph is a CrossFit workout. It's not crossfit i mean it's by definition crossfit it's constantly varied functional movements at high intensity but so is orange theory it's constantly varied it's functional arguably functional at high intensity like everything that is boutique fitness right now is crossfit by that constantly varied functional movements at high intensity definition so you know chris pratt saying oh man i found this cool workout on the internet 
bunch of running, bunch of pull-ups and push-ups and squats and some more running. It was badass. You know, I heard that's kind of like CrossFit. Like, it's not like the dudes at a CrossFit gym attending the 6 a.m. class Monday through Thursday. Right? The celebrities there, you know, the CrossFit Journal back in the day, like when Tony Budding was running that shit, had some great videos. They had a video of CrossFit Atlanta, I believe, with Shaq going there. They had one, I believe, of uh, Matt Hasselback when he was the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. And he was at a gym up in uh, in the Seattle area, the Washington area. And these were, like, they were really cool videos back then. I remember, like, oh, man, everyone's going to know what CrossFit is now. Shaq fucks with CrossFit. And wrong. Like, that was back, I don't even know when that video was. That was a long time ago. But here is the the issue with this. Here is where I take issue with, like, the more or anyone being like, why don't more celebrities endorse this if they're doing it? I bet you they don't really realize they're doing it. Because, again, they're not going to a CrossFit affiliate. They can't. They're a fucking celebrity. If Shaq went to a fucking CrossFit affiliate, he'd never get a workout in. The people would be having him sign autographs and fucking <laughs> photos of them standing next to his leg and, you know, um, his body completely out of frame. It... That's why, and I think for a lot of them, they probably have trainers, and the trainers embody some CrossFit-like shit, but that, that's probably why. Like, that's the logical reason. Any of us could really, like, sit back and ponder that. Like, yeah, why are celebrities not giving more props to CrossFit? Like, I don't know. That, that storyline makes sense to me. I don't know about you guys. Um, but to the morning chalk up, it seems like, you know, that's one of the things that's giving them um, a little bit of unrest as it relates to the stigma of CrossFit. Uh, they go on to talk about uh, Greg Glassman and how he always kind of, you know, pointed the finger at a few of the New York Times articles that came out. One of them was called uh, Getting Fit Even If It Kills You, and then um, Why Some Turn to Church and Some Turn to CrossFit was the name of the other one. And I remember these. When these came out, these were big deals. Like, it was a, you know, there's no such thing as bad press, but... It was in the New York Times, but it got a lot of people talking at this this other side of CrossFit that everyone doing CrossFit at the time was not overly excited about. And, and it's, he says here, and while the stigma still lingers from the newspaper's damaging pieces and even more damaging headlines, it is dying, and we are seeing a slow yet seismic shift. Telling people you do CrossFit doesn't elicit the same response it would, say, five or even two years ago. And I'd say it's just a broad generalization. It's all dependent on who you talk to. I've made comments on this before. CrossFit, because the definition is so perfect, it is broad enough to now encapsulate everything. It is the true, like, the definition of CrossFit, going back the constantly varied functional movements at high intensity, is a beautiful definition for fitness methodology because it works. And now when everyone copies it, they're all falling into the same definition. So they're all be so everything that everyone's doing is by definition at least a origin you know uh, an origin of procurement or a you know origin story of CrossFit. It is rooted in CrossFit, and that's the biggest thing CrossFit did for the fitness industry. But telling people now you do CrossFit like it elicits a bad response, a good response. It just depends on the licensee. That's it. It depends on the fucking affiliates. If there's 15, 16,000, whatever it is, affiliates, and they're all out there telling different stories, or a third of them are telling a shitty story, or an eighth of them are telling a shitty story by delivering a bad service or whatever the fuck it may be, or making everything about competition instead of a fitness methodology. Again, that stuff spreads. Like, word of mouth is the fastest, fastest way to ruin or build a reputation. The fastest. And unfortunately, when the inmates run the asylum, and licensees are now in charge of how this whole thing is perceived, then 
then yeah, I, I like it would all depend. You could talk to someone seven years ago who thought CrossFit was exactly what it is and had no bad stigma about it. And you talk to someone seven minutes ago that has some horrible stigma because I mean, they just read the Kevin Ogar article of a guy getting paralyzed at a CrossFit competition. It, again, it, it's all, it, it's all at what point in the, you know, did they run into the brand and under what circumstances? And um, unfortunately that's left a lot to the fucking uh, licensees, the CrossFit affiliates. Uh, they go on to talk about this. Uh, there's a popular YouTube vlogger. I've never heard of this guy, but his name is Will Tennyson. Will Tennyson here looks like a, a like a gym shark kind of bro. Um, but there's a video of him and Noah Olson throwing down here in a workout. And I've got it pulled up here if you're watching the video version of this. But yeah, he's got, I think he's got to do one of the open workouts here. And, and this kid's in good shape. Um, but this open workout fucking destroys him. And uh, you can kind of see at the very end here, <laughs> this kid is fucking down. He is uh, he is absolutely fucking hurting. And you can see that come to Jesus moment like so many people had the time, the first time they ever kind of abandoned their traditional bro split of lift weights, fucking, you know, cardio. This kid gets fucking, he gets rocked and he's having that come to Jesus right now next to one of the fittest people in the world, you know. Noah Olson. Um, but anyway, the morning chalk up talks about that and where, Hey, this popular YouTuber just did a CrossFit workout and he saw the light. Hopefully more people will see the light and, and maybe they will probably not. Like, you know, the kid's got like over a million fucking subscribers. So he'll, he'll, he's definitely going to influence a good amount of people. But he, again, this is the same. It's like them thinking that the Will Tennyson, uh, you know, workout on YouTube is going to make, you know, make a splash is the same way I thought Shaq showing up on the CrossFit Journal or Rick Ross. Fuck. How many of you guys remember Ross fit? Jesus Christ. I remember when Rick Ross was that video came out. I remember exactly where I was and I was like, oh my God, we hit rap. We hit the hip hop like mecca of culture. CrossFit is going to be the next biggest thing. And it, I mean, it still grew. It's always grown. It is still the biggest fucking thing in fitness for the most part. But it didn't do what I thought it was going to do. Just like, I mean, fuck, you could have, uh, you have Casey Neistat and Will Tennyson and fucking David Dobrik all fucking, you know, have a, a partner workout on YouTube. And it's probably not going to do what the morning chalk up, what many devout CrossFitters want, which is the stigma of CrossFit to go away, because the only way for that to happen is to separate the sport and the fitness methodology. In my opinion, that's how the stigma goes away instantly. And then, and let me take it back, it, that would not be instant. That is, the, that is an inaccurate thing for me to say. It would not be instant, but if you could do that, I think what it would do is it would trickle down, like tip of the spear, down to the affiliates, and the affiliates would stop treating workouts like competitions. And that, and that is the biggest thing. In my travels, in my drop-ins, I am still yet to walk into a CrossFit gym where a coach is pitching the workout, or I've still yet to not drop into a CrossFit gym, where the coach is pitching the workout as if it was an in-house competition. Like talking about strategy, how to go faster, how to get more reps. Like, motherfucker, why are you just talking about getting in a good workout? Like that, again, that is the global issue in my opinion. Um, they talk about Matt Frazier had an article in USA Today, which was really anemic. It really had no depth to it. I looked it over. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll talk about that in this podcast. No, it was not worth it. Um, you know, <laughs> Matt Frazier has not done the best. I, it might, like, from what I've seen and, like, advocating for the affiliates. If you remember the Joe Rogan, I did a whole reaction video to his Joe Rogan uh, interview. And I don't think he needs to. I don't think it's on him to do it. Um, I think everyone wishes that with the spotlight he gets, he'd make a bigger effort to talk more positive shit 
about the affiliates and all that other stuff. And he, and he has. He has friends who have lost 100 pounds and shit like that, and he, he references that. But with a big enough platform there, it's like you could really kind of help shape the correction of the understanding of this is what CrossFit really is. Unfortunately, this is what some bad apples have made it out to look like, and this is what their annual sport, unfortunately, highlights. And here's the difference of the between the three. But, you know, here, this is a great uh, ending paragraph here for the morning chalk up. This is where we sit in 2022. There are millions of people out there doing functional fitness who have made it a part of their lives. And the more they see the benefits of their action, the more the walls will drop whenever drop, someone drops the word CrossFit into the conversation. So people's walls will drop. They will be more open to CrossFit in the future because everyone is doing functional fitness. Everyone on the planet can utilize functional fitness, whether it's staying in shape for another sport or simply be able to run around with your kids in the backyard. CrossFit simply gives it a name, and some people who are really good at it are doing it as a sport. This is the final bridge we need to cross, and it's not as far off in the distance as some may think. Bridging this gap is the last step between erasing the stigma around CrossFit and democratizing the usage of functional fitness as a catch-all rather than a separating term. Strides in the right direction have been made and all the winds are blowing north. Time is the only factor moving forward as CrossFit looks for more mainstream acceptance and all the signs are trending in the right direction. It's a solid, optimistic ending to this article, I think, and I think they kind of hit upon towards the end there what I was talking about or what I hope they would have addressed earlier in the article was the, you know, CrossFit's such a perfect definition it does fit everything, but not everything wants to be called CrossFit. That's a unique brand. What everything is okay with being called is functional fitness. So if, you're, if your definition, right, is so broad, constantly varied functional movements at high intensity, well, that's a mouthful. Why don't we just call it functional fitness? And if globally everyone doing functional fitness is something that looks like CrossFit, what happens to the definition of CrossFit then? Does CrossFit have to get super specific in its definition? Does it have to tailor or tweak that definition so that people realize, well, well, CrossFit is functional fitness. It's actually the OG of functional fitness, but it has the, it does this other thing. Is there like a, a level of um, specificity that needs to happen in the definition? So people look at it and go, oh, CrossFit is its own UBF, its own unique belief in fitness. Functional fitness is the, the genre, like pizza. Is functional fitness pizza or is CrossFit pizza? Are people going to be looking at Orange Theory in a few years and be like, oh, that's CrossFit, F45, oh, that's CrossFit? Or are they going to say, oh, that's functional fitness? Here's, here's ultimately where it ends. There's genre, and then there's brand. CrossFit has become a genre. It wants to be a brand. Well, now it's kind of kicking them in the dick that they haven't separated the two, the sport of CrossFit and the methodology. Because now, because you have this all combined together, we just kind of have a genre. It, it, yes, it has a fucking brand. No one's, I'm not arguing that it does not have a brand. But CrossFit has become more of a genre than it has a, a, a brand that is able to stand up on this is what it is. And that's due mainly to the license model. Licensing and not franchising is something that, that's, that's the biggest risk of the whole thing, is that your brand is now ran by the inmates, all right, is now going to be interpreted by people due to how the licensees treat it. And I don't know how you unwind that clock with CrossFit. I don't know if you unwind that clock. Glassman's thing was always let the shitty affiliates that are, you know, showing everyone the bad side of CrossFit or a poor version of it, let them do their thing and they'll go out of business. 
Yes, but the problem with that is they do go out of business on a long enough timeline, but they're around long enough to influence a handful of people. And most of us go off of, with when it comes to branding, our first interaction with something. That's generally what we remember. And for most people, it's their first interaction, their second, their third, their fourth, and their fifth interaction with CrossFit might not have been the best, and that's when they left and went to the YMCA or a fucking, you know, an Orange Theory. So in conclusion, I want to wrap this thing up. Go read the article if you haven't already. You know, uh, I didn't go over the entire damn thing, but I just wanted to hit the gist of this. But A, I love that the Morning Chalk Up is having the conversation. I, I wish they would talk a little bit more about the, what I think is the elephant in the room, the brands of CrossFit, the fitness methodology for general physical preparation and the sport. And then looking at, you know, what does CrossFit want to be? Does it want to be this amazing brand that people look back on? And if so, they've got to separate sport and fitness. Or is it going to become a genre? Is it going to become bigger than itself? Like CrossFit is more than CrossFit the brand. It is now literally an entire genre of intermixing resistance training and cardiovascular training together in, you know, in infinite combinations. And you can come up with your own infinite, you know, your own combination, your own unique belief in fitness and call that your own thing. But it came from the genre of CrossFit. I don't know the answers. I'd be curious to sit down with somebody at CrossFit HQ uh, and, and talk shop on this exact thing. If anyone, if you can think of someone for me to get on the podcast and fuck even next year, cause I'm booking my 2023 shoot the shits. If you know anyone high enough up at CrossFit that doesn't, that, that isn't a part of the group that's blacklisted me. All right. From, from going to speaking engagements and things of that nature. Um, if you know anybody over there that would be willing to jam on the podcast, shoot me a DM, create an introduction, you know, uh, vouch for your boy. And because I'd really love to have this conversation with somebody who's at the helm because no, I don't think anyone has. I don't think anyone has had the brand of sport versus brand of fitness. The whole thing that I just wrapped up here, conversation with anybody who's in the captain's seat. So anyway, guys, until I talk to you in the next podcast, have a great fucking day.